welcome to Not My Rabbit Hole, the podcast. Uh, I am uh, on Instagram right now. So, uh, all right. Uh, I'm just going to say just say a few announcements. Um, I'm waiting for people to join the uh, podcast this evening. Um, I actually am starting a little bit earlier uh, on Instagram. So, uh, you know, uh, you know, it's my show airs every, uh, night at midnight. Oh, hello. Hello. Hi, Casey Midtown artist. It's great to see you here. Dave Trombetta. Great to see you guys. I've been doing good. You know, I've been thinking about you actually. And, uh, cause the last time, uh, I did, uh, you were on the show, I was talking about um, a few things, right? About I was I, I did a thing on um, apocalyptic programming, and I was watching The Stand uh, on Amazon Prime. Uh, so, haven't chatted with you in a while. I know I've been doing good. Actually, I've been doing really good. Uh, I, I I should give a brief update though uh, for some people that might uh, have watched my last show because my last show I talked about how I did have a little bit of a difficult time and I ended up was I was harassed here by uh, somebody who was an employee handyman guy that um, was working here while I was living here. It's long. It's it, it's I don't want to go because the show the the show I, what I really want to talk about is is. Um, another Amazon Prime show called Strange Angel, okay, which I recommend highly to watch as well. Um, but just to recap what happened last time, um, I had talked about having this issue, having to make a police report and all this kind of stuff. And by the way, I did get a restraining order. Um, I went to court on Monday and the uh, judge granted uh, me a, um, a, a temporary restraining order, meaning that um, they can't be within 60 feet of me right now until there's a court date. That's how serious it was. But the good news is, is that I took all my evidence including the YouTube video that I made of him stalking me outside my vehicle, my RV here, okay? And uh, that was the real deciding factor, I believe, in terms of the police officer to require protection as well as uh, what happened with the courts. Hi, uh, uh, hi, Flojo292, uh, glad to see you here. Okay, so... What I want to talk about uh, on this uh, riff tonight, I'm, I'm going to go probably for about another 35 minutes here. Um, I, I've, I've been watching uh, programming, I, I guess now on Amazon Prime, uh, because, uh, you know, being in uh, a partial, somewhat of a lockdown still, you know, our, our life hasn't gone as usual. Um, so I binge watched a few things and... One of the shows that I talked about in the past was I watched The Stand by Stephen King, the new version that had Amber Heard in it, right? And talked about how there's, um, you know, all this apocalyptic streaming that you can watch while we're having a pandemic, right? But you can watch a lot of things like Utopia, which uh, is a remake of an English uh, series. But that one st stars John Cusack. And uh, that it takes place with, uh, you know, uh, a, a vaccination agenda to make people sterile. All right. That's the plot line in the first season of that. 
And then, of course, the stand is about a, a bad virus that takes out a huge part of the population. And, you know, Vegas is, you know, it's Stephen Keem's a stand. So I'm sure you're familiar with that. All right. Anyway, what's interesting about that series, just to talk, just to cap on that for a minute, is that Amber Heard plays like basically the bride of, of the um, satanic deity that's running Vegas. Okay. Amber Heard is in the big lawsuit with, with Johnny Dam. They have a nasty divorce, and she's claiming that he has domestic violence by him to her. But, you know, there's a lot of things where you're wondering, well, is it the other way around? So, I don't know, it's just interesting that she had this kind of femme fatale evil character, and yet in real life, she kind of has, a, you know, she's got a femme fatale questionable character, right? Oh, uh, you love it. Uh, I love it, said Casey, Midtown Artist. Utopia, yeah. Utopia is, I love it. I, You know, I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't apologize. I love that kind of um, series, all right? I, I dig that stuff. I dig sci-fi things, you know? It, it kind of makes me think, it, it gives a throwback to a time in the 70s where you had movies like um, Soylent Green, right? So the greenest people, you know, that's also an apocalyptic film. Also, uh, Logan's Run, uh, Where Nobody Lives Past 30, uh, written by George Clayton Johnson. Uh, by the way, I know George Clayton. Later on in life, I got to know George Clayton Johnson. Uh, he's a um, huge um, cannabis advocate and <clears throat> got to interview him a few times. He he co-wrote the book of Ocean's Eleven. He, I believe he did the first episode of Star Trek. Okay, he was hung around the whole Ray Bradbury group, right? And uh, then he uh, co-wrote uh, Logan's Run with uh, William F. Nolan. All right, so that's a little history back there. I just, I just love, I mean, the, the movie uh, Logan's Run really made uh, a huge impression on me in my life. I mean, it never, I, 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 seriously, I think I saw that film. I might have been around 12 years old at that time. I'm going to start season two tonight. Oh, great. Yeah. I haven't, are you talking about Utopia? I haven't, I haven't started season two on that one yet. Okay, so let's talk about Strange Angel for a moment. And that uh, series is about Jack Parsons, who uh, was the occultist, uh, who, was a, who was an Aleister Crowley follower, who was a rocket scientist and a visionary that uh, basically started JPL, the Jet Propulsion Lab. And he was, you know, he what he's the reason why rockets shoot up in the sky and basically, you know, allegedly we went to the moon. I don't know. A lot of people don't think we really went to the moon and our, our reality is something different. But um, the reason why I found uh, Jack Parsons to be such an interesting character for me, for me to like to be interested in and, and to see the series, the series is based on a book called Strange Angel. Now, the problem with this is, and I'm really frustrated right now because I went, I binge watched two, two, two seasons of Strange Angel, like boom, 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 like two, like I was like, like last Friday I had done almost like the first week and then, and then this Friday by today I've done season two and it stopped. Seasons two 
ends with L. Ron Hubbard showing up at his door to rent a room at the Parsonage. All right. And I'm like, oh my God. And now, and, and now this series is like, no more. I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't stop at L. Ron Hubbard. Don't stop at L. Ron Hubbard. You know? Okay. So let me go back to, um, to myself. I used to live in Pasadena. All right. This, this is why it's so interesting to me. Uh, I moved to Pasadena, California from Fresno, California in 1984 to go to acting school at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. And I was 20 years old at the time. All right. I moved there and I got a job at um, Conrad's Restaurant, which is on the corner of uh, Walnut and uh, Lake Street right there. And okay, so I have lived off and on in Pasadena. I didn't stay there the whole time, but I went, I went there. And, anyway, I lived off and on in Pasadena and, and the Altadena area for like over 20 years. And the Ice House Comedy Club was my main uh, club that I performed at. Okay. And I did a lot of shows there. I mean, in a way, I don't want to brag. Okay. But I'm going to tell you the truth. I was kind of, I became like a Pasadena celebrity. Like I, I was, you know, I, I produced all these shows and, um, and I worked in different types of clubs there. Like some of them were, uh, were like some of them were gay clubs. Some of them, like I would, uh, like I, I had a broad spectrum of people I hung out with in Pasadena, Pasadena JCs. I worked at the Pasadena Playhouse. I got to go to all the plays and Pasadena has, and, and Pasadena of course has Caltech, has Cal Arts, and it's a very artistic cultured area, you know, like the, there's the Rose Parade and then there's NASA, okay, and then there's Caltech and there's scientists and there's the history of Werner von Braun and 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 Einstein and, you know, I mean, the, the Pasadena is a very interesting town and then you had Jack Parsons and then you had the occult and then you had people that were practicing Thelema, Okay, and if you go up to Altadena, there'll be uh, there's the Theosophical Society, and I mean they had an Orange Grove Boulevard. All right, there were like these you know sex magic rituals that were taking place in Pasadena, California, and you think okay, oh it's a little old lady from Pasadena, right? Now I did obviously this this was taking place like before World War II took place. All right, we're talking this was going on a long time ago. Like you, we think. Like, we think, like, every generation, like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I, I know this and that, blah, 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 blah. But the fact of the matter is, is that, uh, you know, people were doing what people were doing, like, for centuries and for years. And, you know, I mean, think about it, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, it's like people have not really changed, right? But it's still kind of shocking in a way because I lived there. When I lived in Pasadena, I didn't know any of this stuff, really, except... One time, I was at the Colorado Bar, and Colorado Bar was an infamous place. It was like an old man bar down on Colorado Boulevard, and I had this guy named Johnny who who would, you know, he was like really, he almost looked like Ernest Hemingway, and at the end of the night, he'd go, get the fuck out, that's how Johnny, get the fuck out, you know. I would see Johnny, and Johnny would go, who did your hair? And then I'd go, my grandma. And then he goes, your grandma. Yeah, I got your grandma. It's, I don't know why we did that. It was like a routine. But anyways, one night, I remember sitting by towards the end where the jukebox was. And I think I was probably drinking a pint of um, Newcastle or Bass or whatever. And people at the Colorado Bar, the people there that went there came from Caltech. And they hung out. 
and they came from like Art Center and they came from like, like it was your local bar, but your local bar was full of like great minds and artists and things. And you could sit down and have like these amazing conversations. And so one day I was having an amazing conversation with somebody I can't recall exactly who it was. And they said, did you know that L. Ron Hubbard and Anton LaVey used to know each other? And, uh, and I, 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 and I, I was like, oh really? And he goes, and actually they said that, you know, one way to make a lot of money would be to create your own religion. So Anton LaVey created, um, the, the, um, the, the Church of Satan, okay, and L. Ron Hubbard created Scientology. But to think that these two individuals actually knew each other and they were hanging out in Pasadena was mind-blowing to me. Well, now, like, watching the series Strange Angel, if you want to take the CBS version of it, right, because, you know, CBS, then it went to Paramount, Paramount Plus and Amazon Prime, right, I mean, it's based on a book written about Jack Parsons, you know, called Strange Angel. But Jack Parsons comes into the mix because it was Jack Parsons that attracted L. Ron Hubbard to come live with him at the Parsonage. All right, because they were there was already when Jack Parsons, according to the series, when Jack Parsons was living in Pasadena and he's working like at a chemical plant. While he was wanting to be his friend, like his best, like his best childhood buddy friend was actually a, 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 a you know, a Caltech scientist. Like he was a, perf you know, he was, he was legitimate. Okay. I don't know if you guys are like following me here. Okay. So, um, he was, he was legitimate, right? But Jack Parsons himself never really was totally taken seriously because because he wasn't like uh, he didn't he wasn't an official scientist he wasn't he didn't really have a degree he was he was a chemist and he was a visionary but when he when he told the other people who couldn't believe that a rocket could be shot and you know go up in the sky they go well that's just comic book stuff that's nothing of, of that's nothing that's nothing real that'll never happen and, you know, he just kept seeing it like, no, this is possible. And, and, um, okay, first of all, the series is, is produced by Ridley Scott. And the thing that got me about watching the series is the fact that he was, that he saw it in his mind and he wrote down on a piece of paper, he, he wrote down, um, a man of will breaks boundaries. Like that was his mantra. A man of will breaks, breaks boundaries. And, you know, he was known for being a little crazy. And, you know, people that are visionaries are crazy. The people that come in when they're alive here, something happens around them and they change the world. They change our reality and they, and they have a vision of a possibility that could happen in reality that nobody else can see. And people make fun of them. You guys are giving me hearts for that. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's the best part about who Jack Parsons was. I mean, granted, you know, you could sit back and go, oh, well, he was, you know, he was, well, he, he, he thought of, he was a magician. He actually became a magus in, in, in the, in the Thelema, 
philosophy. And, you know, and I'm not here to promote that or whatever, but I, it, it kind of gave me, like, when you watch, when you watch the series, you get a better understanding of what that is. But besides all that, like, however he did things or however he practiced or however he, he did whatever, he was a visionary and, and, and those don't come around very often. And, and the people who were like that are often, you know, you know, erratic and made fun of and not understood and blah, 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 blah. And so in that sense, it was inspiring to me to want, that, that's the best part of the series for myself and him as a person is like, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have JPL. Do you know what JPL's doing now? And I, I, I know this because I was a census taker for a while. Um, and I got to, you know, in whatever, what, and robo robotics, like they're in, I mean, and, and again, you know, transhumanism and you know the, I, I know we're looking at those little dog things like the robotic dogs and everything those look really scary like it's really beginning to feel like Terminator but uh, anyway what's interesting in this series I want to mention too if you want to watch it you if you it's like the like I think you have to pay like five you can do a, a free service with the premium uh, on on uh, on uh, Amazon, but then after that, Paramount Premium, but after it's like $5.99 or something like that. But for me, it's worth it. It's worth six bucks to watch it. I gotta say, you thank you for turning me on to Utopia. I never heard of it before you told me. Oh, I'm glad you like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know what? There's there is an English version. I would love to watch the English version because I liked it because that series. You know, we copy a lot of series in England, too. And they copy us. You know, it goes back and forth, right? But <clears throat> that was actually an English version first. And, uh, and but, you know, I think we did it. You know, some people will go, oh, well, the English one's better. But I think our version's good. I mean, I don't know what to compare it to. The only thing, talk about talk about things that were in England first and then went to being in in uh, went from England to uh, to the United States was the office. And the office was with uh, Ricky Gervais. And I gotta say, this is my I, I have a problem with the American version. Like Ricky Gervais's version of the office, he wrote it, is way funnier to me. And, and after watching, you know, binge watching that one time, when I saw the, uh, Steve Carell, I could never, I could never grab onto it. I know I'm weird that way. I just haven't been able to get past it. Hi, Mind945435. Uh, good to see you here. Yeah, I'm talking, I'm talking about like, well, basically I'm giving my own review of best things to watch on, on Amazon Prime when you don't have anything better to do. Um, but really this one, this particular show is, 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 uh, featuring or is focusing on, um, Strange Angel by Jack Parsons or about Jack Parsons, not by Jack Parsons. It's called Strange Angel. It's a, it's a book that's written about, uh, Jack Parsons and his story and how, uh, you know, the JPL was made and the Rocketeers and everything like that. And it interests me because I am from Pasadena. Not, not, I wasn't, I'm not, it, to me, like my, my hometown's Pasadena. I'm not originally from Pasadena, but I've lived there so much, you know, sit off and on since like 1984. And technically I'm not that far from it right now. All right. I mean, I'm, I could still go like 10, 
13 miles uh, in, in farther from where I'm at, and I would be, my dentist is in Pasadena, and I get my hair done in Pasadena. My hairdresser's in Pasadena still, right? Um, we'll be right back with more Not My Rabbit Hole, the podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Not My Rabbit Hole, the podcast. It, it, the history of Caltech, the history of of uh, in Pasadena, and and how it's influenced NASA and everything else that's going on, uh, is is it's a big deal. Anyway, Jack Parsons and his partner. Now I'm forgetting his name. The the one that legitimately went to uh, Caltech. He was Jack Parsons was the visionary. And again, uh, he never, he never, you know, he never stopped, got off course really. Like he would do whatever job he needed to, worked at the, uh, at the uh, chemical factory while he was like kind of just, he, he was ex out in the middle of, of, of like, you know, parts of LA where you could, you know, around Pasadena or Arroyo Seco or whatever. Like they, they, he would literally, they literally put, put up a tent and had these rogue scientists working on the fringe doing something that nobody believed could be possible and yet they would uh they would convince people you know with their with their math and their science and everything like that and 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 doing all these test rockets showing that it was possible to maybe make a rocket that could go to the moon that was that was the visionary right and um so this is and as as Jack Parsons is doing this, he has a neighbor that um that is kind of strange and his name is Ernest and for a long time you don't see his wife and Ernest is is a part of uh Thelema and he ends up following Ernest to uh to like, you know, any you know, to uh, a ritual basically. And a lot of the Th Thelema stuff was was had sex. It was all, all about sex and um sex magic uh and and everything. And then and then they had a philosophy, right? It was like, you know, because it was Aleister Crowley, like you you know, there the magus that was there would have and again, this is a series on CBS. So they're showing this and Ridley Scott, uh, you know, was was producer, so they're really showing this. You know, they're it, it's it's um some of it's very sexual. Some of the series is 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 very you know and uh, and so Jack Parsons peeks in and sees like this ritual taking place and kind of freaks out about it. His wife at the time was basically pretty much frigid. Like she pretty much didn't believe that you should have sex only to have children. And she came from a very Catholic uh, family, very religious family. And her father, a, a prominent in Pasadena, um, I believe he was a, um, a collector, like a bill collector, you know. And, um, but he, as the series goes on, I'm going to give you a little spoiler alert, but he ends up being, uh, was a molester to his own daughters. All right. Cause there's a younger daughter too. Historically. Okay. Jack Parsons in the end. All right. Um, ended up divorcing the first wife. She becomes part of Thelema. She has an affair with the Magus because they only they always have the main wizard, the main sorcerer that's you know basically ascended before everybody else. And 
What's interesting too is the word of ascension, you know, because because when they're when they're doing their ceremonies or when they talk, they go, okay, which is Aleister Crowley, do what thou, thou wilt, uh, love under will, you know, uh, and then uh, and then they and then they do this thing and they do like a like a triangle over the heart kind of thing and go and then they go and your ascension. So I thought it was interesting that the word ascension comes out because. Uh, a lot of the new age uh, UFO type of media that's out there, right? You know, because because this whole thing, you know, with L. Ron Hubbard and, you know, and this whole, you know, the rocket scientists and then the, um, you know, uh, then you get to Area 51 and you get to, uh, I'm, ta I'm, I'm, I'm off the series for a second. I'm just talking, I'm just giving some facts <laughs> of, of where, where this goes. All right, um, there's a place called um, the Integratron. All right, it, you go out to California, uh, farther out towards Indio, I believe it is, and um, that was built by a guy named George Van Tessel. All right, and there and his nephew, I I interviewed his nephew. His nephew, and the nephew's name is Chad Meek. Chad Meek wrote a book called Giant Rock. This is also based on something that happened. And apparently, um, George Van Tessel had contact with extraterrestrials that gave him a design to make the Integratron. It's there, but it never finished being built. And it's called the Integratron because it's, it's designed where you can go inside of it and your body is supposed to heal in many ways, like the vibrations or whatever it does to you. And you're not supposed to charge any money from it. Like the aliens, apparently, the extraterrestrial races that gave them the design for it said that it could, it, 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 it was, it was, I guess like karmically, you know, like spiritually, you don't take money for, for the healing of it. And it was supposed to make your life live longer. You had like, you could live like 300 years and it's, it rejuvenates you, the Integraton. Okay. So Howard Hughes put money he was financing this, and then George Van Tessel, Tessel died mysteriously right before he's going to finish it. But you can still go there, and a lot of people pay a lot of money to go there, so now it's being charged. But I went there one time. I took pictures and footage, and I went there out there with Chad Meek. I should probably re-highlight this on my channel because it's kind of whatever, but... um. At that, at one time, the reason why I'm bringing it up, at one time, um, all the people like L. Ron Hubbard, like all these people that were like following this other type of even kind of a cult belief, right, would go out to Giant Rock and they had all these people and, 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 and groups and meetings and people writing books because it was like... Because it, it's it's partly like an, a a religion. It's like an it's like another belief of what of what the real our reality is. And so, you know, the whole UFO thing has has a a, a genre of occultism. And I find it interesting that Pasadena, of all places, has a and 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 that the are the most major tech. You know, well. They poo-pooed it, you know, like Caltech didn't want to be associated with it and blah, 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 blah. But, but there's, there's this crossover with space, the space industry 
and an Aleister Crowley influence. Now, the thing that's interesting also I want to bring up in the movie. Are you guys still with me? I know there's at least one person watching. Okay. Let's see. What, what are you saying? Uh, let me see. Kate, uh, Casey Midtown Artist. You are making me want to watch the show you're talking about. Oh, I hope you do. It's worth it. It's understated. Okay. And I'm pissed off that there's not more than one season. I, now, again, watching the second season. Okay. They did kind of... The plot kind of starts to focus a lot more on what's going on with Thelema. Right. But but if it were to I can see where if it were to continue in what was going on at that time I think you would have to go there with it, all right. Um, it's really it's really it's it 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 kept me going. Like I ha I have to say, oh I look oh see Mina nine four five I look great you look great love your hair and makeup oh thank you Mina. Thank you for commenting on my hair and makeup. I, I should have, I don't know, you might not still be here right now, but I, I appreciate that. I did do my hair today. I, I did, I kind of, I did a, I have a large um, curly, like a, a large um, tumbler, you know, to do like bigger waves. Thanks. I appreciate that. I, I, that's not, it's nice that you noticed that. Cause I did, I did kind of fix up for the show tonight. <laughs> I figure why not? Right. You know, it's not every, it's not every day that you're going to come on Instagram and do a podcast. Yeah. I highly recommend it. Okay. So a couple things I want to point out before I end on this. One is that, um, about how the military, uh, dominated their work for a while because of the fact that before they can get the rocket to go up, the rocket could go and be a bomb or come out of a plane or whatever. So the whole propulsion of, of, of an explosion was, was funded by the government when World War II broke out and they really wanted to know their knowledge. That's how they really got in was it became, it, it was, it was a war funding and Aleister Crowley, of course, was a um, heroin addict, right? And and but Aleister Crowley was popping up in 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 Jack Jack's life, all right, Jack Parsons' life. And um, Aleister Crowley was like, "You're gonna really, you're gonna change history. Like, you're gonna be one of those people. That's why, you know, that's why he wanted him to be part of of uh, the Thelema Society." And I think he, and I think Aleister Crowley liked that um, possibility of like going to the moon and all this kind of stuff. There was this thing that he was kind of mentoring Jack Parsons to the point that Jack Parsons became a Magus himself, meaning that the old Magus got kicked out because he fucked his wife. Okay, I didn't tell you that part because you know, but the one Magus like you know shopped the pooty, and then uh, and then Jack Parsons shopped the pooty of her sister. Okay, because the sister, the younger sister, started being like more believing in him. Because you know how like uh, when a when a when a woman believes in a man, yes, you can be a rocketeer. Yes, you are the Magus. Yes, you can do it. Yes, get rid of these people. You know, she became his like right hand woman, and his wife ran off with the other Magus and got pregnant by him. And at the end of like series two, he's like, he's like, you know, she's pregnant. She's wearing a black dress, and they're doing a big ceremony because you are the goddess and then like freaking jack parsons comes out no she, no you ain't bitch get out get down i'm the magus <laughs> I, it wasn't like that i'm doing my own version of it but it was kind of like that it was like 
And this really happened. Like if you look, if you read Wikipedia, he chucked his first wife and then married the sister. That's a fact. All right, that is a fact. And they lived on Orange Grove Boulevard, and they did their thing. And now JPL, JPL still exists today. And I know people from JPL. But here's another thing I want to bring up. Aleister Crowley was considered a threat uh, to the United States because of the fact that the, he, apparently he was maybe MI5 or something like that. Like, he would not give his allegiance over to the United States. And in the series... All right, which I didn't really realize because a lot of people, you know, when they talk about Aleister Crowley, you know, it gets really dark, right? And I'm not going to, you know, sacrificing humans and this and that and blah, 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 blah is like, you know, what you hear. Uh, and that's Satanism and it's like, you know, all these awful things. And I'm not saying that they're, it's not, okay? But there's one part where, um, oh God, what am I doing here? Oh, come on, stop that. Um... What happened? Okay. Um, there's this one part. I didn't want to write there. Why is it doing that? Okay. There's this one part. <laughs> I'm like fiddling with the with the camera here and the messages. There's this one part where um, you know they they talk about how you know he's he's not uh, fitting in with you know like they they they're making they think he's a traitor, okay. So, but there's one part where Aleister Crowley says something about he keeps calling them they, and he goes and he goes who are they and he and, and, and you know not necessarily the United States or whatever because he goes the people he goes Aleister Crowley goes every single war he goes you're working for the war machine, every single war is a sacrifice to their gods. Like the wars that we have, the reason why we have war is because they're sacrificing to their gods. And it was like, and, and, and it was like, and, 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 even, and Aleister Crowley was like telling the Jack Parsons character, like, you got to get yourself out of that and create the rocket because that's what's going to change things. Like as if, if as, as if the, the sacrifice was wrong. And then yet when you people study Crowley or they, or they talk about Crowley, you know, they say, well, that's the end of their religion anyway. So I don't know. It's, it, it was interesting how the, how Ridley Scott, uh, decided to, 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 to produce it. Um, the actor is Jack Rayner and I want to make a mention on him too. He's an Irish actor and he also did a film called Midsommar. Which was, um, you know, I, I think it was, it was probably, I don't know if it was an Irish film, but it was like, it, it looks, it, most of the actors were European in it. Um, and that's also about occultism, like a group of people, like he gets invited with him and his girlfriend with a friend of theirs, and they think it's like a Burning Man thing. But it's really an initiation to join them. And and his character, Jack Rayner's character, ended up being the one that was sacrificed like a like a like a wicker man. It's kind of like a, a wicker man um movie modern day that came out. So it's kind of interesting that that particular actor has been in two major things that have that deal with the occult, like playing Jack Parsons. Anyway, I want to get the book now because it stopped off at Elron Hubbard and I had to find out the rest of the story. I'm very curious about what happened in the Pasadena. And uh, one last thing, the Anthenium, Anthenium in Pasadena is an area where, you know, you had to have, you had to have, uh, you had to be invited 
to be there. Like you couldn't just, you had to be a person of re renown to, to be able to dine there. And, um, they always rejected Jack Parsons. Like they'd invite him and then they'd say, well, no, you're not, you're not, you don't go to Caltech. You're not a real scientist. You don't have a degree, so you can't be here tonight. And they'd exclude him, kind of humiliate him. And, um, in Pasadena, I used to wait on the Republicans for many years. There was this group at the table that were Republicans and the rest of the waitresses couldn't stand them. I, I, I waited on everybody. Like I, 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 anybody that anybody didn't, Ooh, they're weird. I go, Oh, I'll wait on them. You know, I mean, it's, I, you know, and so for some reason, the Republicans liked me and I'm not really sure exactly who the Republicans were, or what their thing was in Pasadena, but I did get invited as time went on and I was doing stand up. They asked me to do a show at the Athenium. I actually was invited there. And they were somebody I think was like retiring or they were celebrating them or honoring them. And then uh, I came in, uh, they introduced me as something else. I pretended a whole part, like I duped them. Like I, I was like, like a roast, you know, but they weren't expecting it to be a roast. But I went up straight at first and then, and then it got really, then it, then it's all of a sudden people started to realize that it was like funny. And um, that's my experience. So at the time I didn't realize what a prestigious place it was. And so now I really feel kind of like, wow, I, I actually got to go inside there and, you know, I was invited there. So uh, anyway, <laughs> for whatever that's worth, um, when I saw the, the series and I saw different parts of Pasadena that they shot and stuff like that, I go, oh, I know where that's at. And I know where that's at and blah, 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 blah. And, it's very stylized and it's it's a period piece so all the cars are cool and uh so so uh Casey Midtown artist I hope you like it and if you come back and and when I continue and, and follow up on this because I'll probably talk about Jack Parsons some more I I'm I'm gonna do more research you know I I, I gotta figure out what's what's what happened back in in history there and the the whole um rocket scientist stuff, you know, was kind of exciting. And the fact that he was a visionary, no matter how you, you break it down, he was one of those people that made something happen that they, that nobody else thought was possible. And, and that's kind of really cool. Kind of like Steve Jobs, right? Steve Jobs, you know, and he was working in his garage. Like, like he created his stuff in his garage and so did Steve Jobs. There's something about doing something in garages that make, make history, make things change. All right. And on that note, it is midnight right now. So uh, I made it to the midnight hour. And this is uh, not my rabbit hole at midnight. And I appreciate you guys for being here. And um, also, let me uh, say... Uh, I am on Anchor, all right? So if you want to listen to just the audio version of this, please visit me on Anchor. Also, if you want to support my work uh, on Anchor, there's a little tab um, I, I put out there that you can be a subscriber if you want, but that's a whole other thing. I'll go into that later. And um, I have my blog, uh, my blog site is notmyrabbithole.com and I also have a Not My Rabbit Hole YouTube channel. So please check that out. And also I'm on Facebook as, as Terry Joyce, T-E-R-E Joyce. 
I know you're looking at me here on Instagram, but I also have a Facebook page. So uh, go ahead and uh, give me a, a friend request. I'd like to have a friend request from people, from men that, you know, aren't wearing uh, military uniforms. You know, that's not their picture. And they say, I'm widowed. And like, I'm, I go, why does everybody like want to be with me? You know, it gives me a friend request and they're, they're all, they're all widowed. Like, well, what did they do to their wives? You know, um, Another thing I want to say uh, about, uh, before I go, before I go, uh, Johnson & Johnson, uh, they uh, they lost me a baby powder, all right? That's all I'm saying on that. And one last thing I want to say that, like, you know when you're on Facebook and they have those little advertisements, the Wish stuff? I actually saw a Wish pad that you can put in your pants that looks like the camel toe. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. It's like, you know, usually you're trying not to have a camel toe. You know, if you, if you put a pair of pants on that's like, you know, you have a, like, I, I've like taken, I've, I'm like, no, I'm not wearing these because I'm not going to walk around with a camel toe. Oh, anyway, on that note, I want to say good night. So hopefully, hopefully you guys all are doing good and I'll see you next time. All right. Take care. Mm -hmm.